Welcome to our Vocal Majority Valentine's Podcast. I'm Nick Alexander, and our guest today is a longtime member of the chorus, Frank Eastman. Now, he joined the chorus all the way back in August of 1977. And there's another member of the chorus, Bob Volpe, and he's the guy who actually conceived the idea of doing these podcasts. And because of the amount of time that Frank has been with the group, Bob thought it would be great for him to be sort of an unofficial historian and talk about some of the early years and some of the music that we did. So today we're going to take a look back, starting with those early years. And Frank, welcome. It's good to have you here. Thank you, Nick. It's good to be here and happy Valentine's Day, everybody. That's right. It is Valentine's Day, and we're going to have a lot of love songs. But besides the love songs, Frank, let's talk a little bit about your involvement with the chorus. You go way back to 77, and I know you were involved for a long time with production. Uh, That's right. I helped Bill Smead, who was our uh, show production uh, guy for many, many years, and uh, helped him out. I was chorus manager at the time, so I was responsible for getting the risers to and from any show that we were doing. So I helped Bill out in that way and then helped him with staging. Mm-hmm. Okay. Beyond the, all of the production stuff that you did, there was something else that you did on an ongoing basis for a number of years, and that was you worked with John McCoy, who was a disc jockey over at KAAM Radio. How did that all get started? Well, John was also the program director at KAAM, and any time the chorus uh, recorded a new album, I would take the new album over to him and present it to him because we were singing the same songs that they were playing on their oldie station, and I figured we would fit right in. So he would say, well, come on in, let's talk about it, and he'd play a couple of cuts, and I would explain them, and This kept going on for several years, and finally I asked John, I said, would you be interested in a show that featured a cappella groups doing the same songs that you're playing in your normal rotation? And that's how my show Voices came about back in 2000. Oh, wow. Now, how long did that show last? Well, Voices itself only lasted 37 weeks because I had to find my own sponsors for it, and that got to be like having a fourth job, and I just couldn't keep on doing my regular work, VM, and doing the show, and trying to find sponsors. So we changed up the format, and I would go in on Friday mornings on John McCoy's morning show, and we changed the name to Fridays with Frank, and I did that for 15 years. Oh, wow. Well, I do remember, because you did play a lot of a cappella music, as well as vocal majority songs on right, that. Right, right. Now, since this podcast is about Valentine's Day, seems like I assume that the songs that you have selected for this must have something to do with love. That's very true. I've picked out some of my favorite songs, love songs that the VM has sung through the years, and and some of our friends that have been on shows and groups that we have uh, kind of emulated through the years. So, well, let's get started. Okay, so what's your first song? My first selection comes from 1975. This was the uptune that the vocal majority used to win its first gold medal in Indianapolis, and it was the first time that Jim Clancy directed the chorus on the international stage. The arrangement was done by Rene Craig, a well-known Sweet Adeline chorus director who directed the Ramapo Valley Chorus, a three-time gold medalist, Mm -hmm. and she was the lead of the Cracker Jills, the 1957 Sweet Adeline Quartet Champs. Yep, they were a wonderful quartet. Yes. Well, this contest song is actually a medley of two songs, I Never Knew I Could Love Anybody, Honey Like I'm Loving You, and You Were Meant For Me. 
classic barbershop absolutely i never knew i could what is it i never knew i could love anybody honey like i'm loving you great now that song obviously was a success because the chorus won the contest and the judges loved it but typically in a barbershop contest when you perform you have two songs that's right usually a ballad and an uptune right now what was the ballad that went along with that song the ballad was who'll take my place when i'm gone which the Dealer's Choice had won with in uh, 1973. They were the quartet champions back then and all members of the vocal majority. Right, that's correct. That was a beautiful, beautiful song as well. All right, so 1975, you weren't yet a member of the chorus. So where were you back then? Well, in 75, I was in the Air Force, stationed in England, and midway through a two-year tour. Now, I had been barbershopping since I was 11 years old. So I had been around uh, barbershopping, and my younger brother, Paul, who's also a longtime barbershopper, uh, well-known in the far western district, he lives out in San Francisco, mm-hmm. he sent me a Christmas present of the Chorus Champs album of 1975 with a note attached, and it said, listen to this upstart new chorus from Dallas that just won <laughs> international. Wow. And like you said, wow. The richness of that sound and I just said, I want to be a member of that chorus, if at all possible. So what happened then? Because you were still well, in the Air Force. At in that the time. Air Force, and I had to pick basses 
that I would return to back in the U.S., so I chose bases in Texas, and I got Bergstrom Air Force Base down in Austin, stayed there for nine months, got out of the Air Force, and the Air Force helped me move to Dallas. So I came up here in August of 1977. Uh, my parents thought I'd be coming home to Lynchburg, Virginia, but uh, after they made it to the very first show that uh, I was singing in with the vocal majority, they saw why I moved here. Okay. <laughs> so you joined the, the chorus then as soon as you got up to Dallas? That's right. Well, thank goodness I passed the audition. Well, many others have uh, moved to Dallas specifically to join the chorus mm -hmm. since then. Uh, right. Todd Wilson, Jeff Oxley, Pete Rupay, Steve DeCrow, and Graham Smith. Right. I've always given Graham a hard time. He moved from England, but I told him I'm the first one who moved from England to join the chorus. That's true, but he was a <laughs> Brit and spoke, spoke like a Brit. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, now, so... What happened after that? Well, I attended the first rehearsal, and much to my surprise, Brian Beck was directing the chorus at that time. Jim Clancy had moved out to L.A. to sing jingles out there. Mm -hmm. In October, the VM went to Houston for the district contest, and we sang this next selection for our ballad. It was written by vaudeville jazz great Al Jolson, believe sure. it or not, and arranged by barbershopper Earl Moon. The song is called An Old-Fashioned Girl in a Gingham Gown. There is just one girl I call my sweetheart For just one girl I'd buy the ring When you see her why I love her so. 
I love that song when we sang it. It was just a short, little, sweet, square barbershop song. And it's perfect for our little Valentine's podcast that we got going on here. You know, it's interesting in listening to that, especially at the very, very end of the song. I think one of the hallmarks of the vocal majority sound back then was the ability to sing softly, beautiful, and full control. Yes, very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, now that was the ballad, and that was from what year, 78? That was from uh, early 77, or okay. late 77 in October. Okay. Yeah. So now what was the uptune that went along with that? Our uptune for that contest was My Lady Loves to Dance, given to us by a quartet called the Happiness Emporium. Now they were champs, right? They were a 1975 quartet champs, same year that VM won its first gold. Okay. And Brian Beck was our director for that uh, contest in Houston, and he'd done a fine job as the director in Jim's absence. Okay. But in January of 1978, at our installation and awards banquet, it was announced that Jim Clancy was back. Brian Beck had graciously stepped down, and Jim was now again our director. Now, Brian Beck, of course, is famous within barbershop circles, not only for time that he spent with the vocal majority, but he was the baritone with the dealer's choice. Right, 73 champs. And then... Lead of the Side Street Ramblers. Who, who won in 83. In 83, right. And uh, didn't he do one other one? Well, he went on to sing with seniors quartets after that and uh, has won, I think, two seniors contests now. So certainly legendary within the society. Right. Okay, so we're back at the banquet. Jim is coming back. And what's next? Well, speaking of Jim and Brian, my next pick is a song from a late 60s group called The Collection. It was a mixed group of five jingle singers that included Jim and Brian. Mm -hmm. The group was led by Paris Rutherford, who composed and produced jingles for TM Productions and Jam, where Brian and uh, Jim both worked, and later Greg Clancy worked there. Right. The song is I Love You Best by Candlelight. I love you best. seem so shy a love confessed by candlelight is too sweet a flower to ever die beautiful song. I Love You Best by Candlelight. The group called themselves The Collection. Brian Beck and Jim Clancy were members of that five-voice group of jingle singers. 
I think the arrangements that they did were done by Paris Rutherford, who actually started the group. That's right, and that was the very first one that he did for the collection in 1968. Okay. Now, when it comes to arrangements, the vocal majority has used a lot of arrangers through the course of the years. People like uh, David Wright comes to mind. Our very own Pete Rupay. Right, and uh, Greg Lyon. Brian Beck. Mm -hmm. He did some, Mm -hmm. and uh, I think Larry Wright and, and some others. Right, right. But there's no, no doubt about it, when it comes to arrangements, the person who has done the most of the arrangements for us through the years, and, and I really think gave us our signature sound, is Jim Clancy. Well, that's right. Jim has by far made the VM sound the way it does through his directing and through his arrangements done specifically for the VM. I mean, he knows his instrument well. It's, it's really interesting. Uh, he has said this before. When he gets an idea to arrange a song for us, he actually hears it in his head before we've ever even seen the sheet music. And in other words, he's, seen, he's heard us sing it in his head. It, it just, it's an amazing talent that he has. So speaking of Jim's arrangements, what's up next? Well, this is a beautiful song that was written by Irving Berlin in 1932. Jim did this arrangement and it was included on our 1979 album with a song in our hearts. I especially love the bass line on this one, Nick. I'm sure you do too. It's How Deep Is the Ocean? Well, like the song says, it's all about the bass.
So our category is uh, arrangements for $100. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. So what's next on the list? Well, let's skip ahead a few years to another beautiful Clancy arrangement. This song was written in 1937 by Lorenz Hart and Richard Rogers. It was included on our 1990 album, I'll Be Seeing You. Now, this is an old song, but the first person I heard sing it was Barbara Streisand in the movie Funny Girl. Mm -hmm. And it's very fitting for today's podcast. It's My Funny Valentine.
Isn't that pretty? Sure is. Well, that's Jim Clancy at his finest arranging. I love singing that song. It's beautiful. Well, now I have something completely different. Okay. 20 years ago, back in 2000, I was the producer for our spring shows. Right. I was looking for a song for Wendy and Steve DeCrow to sing in a duet just to add some variety to our shows. We had used each one of them at various times on our shows for years, but we never actually had them in a duet. That's right. Well, my wife, Lil, who is not a musical person at all, suggested two songs. Yeah. She said, have Wendy sing When I Fall in Love mm-hmm. and have Steve sing All the Way and then intertwine the two songs. Oh, what an interesting concept. So what happened? Well, I talked to Wendy and Steve and they liked the idea and started putting it together. The week before the shows, they met with Brian Piper, who accompanied the VM on shows for many years, and he put the instrumentation to it. Mm-hmm. It was a big hit on the shows, especially with Lil. So I had the idea. Let's record it while it's still fresh on everyone's mind. They all agreed, and I surprised Lil with it for our 19th anniversary. We simply call it the duet. And it's perfect for Valentine's Day. You bet. I will give my heart 
took these professionals just three hours to record the song. Brian Piper played the keyboards and his buddies Carl Hillman and Mike Drake played the string bass and the drums. Wendy and Steve made the vocals sound so easy. At the end of the session, Brian said, well, let's play around a bit. He added the string section and the other instruments to the recording from his keyboard, which I thought was so interesting. You're right, Frank. It is amazing what keyboard units can do these days. Literally, a lot of them have the entire sound of a whole orchestra in them. So Mm -hmm. it it just adds so much to the recording. Well, listen, uh, we're sort of running out of time on this particular podcast, but we're having so much fun doing it. I think it'd be fun to do another one. Uh, Would you be up for that, Frank? I'd love to. You got some more songs you can figure out? You bet. All right. Well, let's just plan on that to be our very next podcast that we'll be doing. In the meantime, if people have enjoyed listening to our music, a lot of it is available on CD at VocalMajority.com. You can also find us on Facebook at The Vocal Majority Chorus, and a lot of our videos are on YouTube under Vocal Majority. So thank you for listening. We hope you'll join us on the next time around, wherever you get your podcasts, and thanks for listening.